This podcast contains explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Creepy Cannabis Podcast, where we chat all things creepy, cannabis, true crime, paranormal, and weird. I'm Madeline. And I'm Rachel. And it's been a fucking journey today. (laughs) It's a hard day. It really has. Laptops were lost. (laughs) Other things had to be set up that weren't previously set up. Madeline learned that grief is not linear. It does, in fact, ebb and flow. It really does. You might think when you get the call <laughs> from the repairman that says, should I throw it away or... <laughs> he truly was like, did you want me... <laughs> that was my seat chair, which is extremely adjustable. Um, he was like, do you want me to dispose of it or... Do you, you want to drive pick up, it up I literally called him. I was like, you dispose of it, please. I can't look at it ever again. It's, it's been hard to look at the cats in the eye. And still choose to love them. At least there was a backup. That's all that matters. Yeah. Basically, what was, what? so you wanted ambiance? Mm. Ambiance? Ambiance. So you put well, up I was some editing our last episode. And, yeah. uh, Wonton, he didn't put like flowers. That. Put some flowers, didn't close the door all the way. And. And. That's what. And that's the end of that story. <laughs> it's been, it's been rough since That's then. how you throw away a new electronic device within a month of purchasing it it was like within a week of purchasing it was two weeks weeks. painful but we're here we're here we're here we're getting through it things are fine everything is fine (laughs) uh what's uh what's making this so fine for you over there well today (laughs) let me not cough (laughs) it's not the rona it's the ganja (laughs) <laughs> I need a mask that says cannabis cough, not COVID. <laughs> okay, so the strain today is called Triangle Royale. It's 29% THC, which is a pretty high testing THC for flower. Um, it's an indica leaner, which apparently will put you down for the night if you aren't an experienced smoker. So luckily for us, <laughs> I am. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if you make it through. (laughs) It's a pretty even mix between the strains Lemon Royale and Triangle Kush. And Lemon Royale is like an invigorating creative hybrid strain with a relaxing body high. So it's probably sativa leaning, but probably just a steady mix of both. It's apparently great for a midday pick-me-up, which leads me to believe that there's more sativa in it. Uh, It's helpful for pain, stress, and creative blocks. Oh, I just need it for stress. That's all I need. (laughs) It has a heavy lemon taste. So this is one of the strains that it's, it's like an even split between these two, but it's got heavy lemon taste and, and then there's like four other strains that that strain came from. I won't even get into it. And then triangle Kush, the other half of it is an indica dominant hybrid. Um, and it's a descendant from a Florida grown version of the classic OG Kush. Oh, that OG knows. classic? And it's got 
classic Kush effects uh, that you'll fall in love with all over again, said Leafly.com. <laughs> the triangle Kush hits you first with an uplifted rush of energy that you can feel behind the eyes. Don't know what that means. Do you feel we'll any energy out. behind your eyes? I mean, I only took one hit. I did not want to cough while I was reading I think this. today we'll allow it. <laughs> you know, it's been... It's an Apparently, appropriate an time. increase in focus that's slightly heavy, bordering on making you stony. Don't know what that means. A relaxing body high comes next, so that's for when I need to go to bed, I guess. So, I guess it's important that we know the uh, the time frame of these events, because, like, what if the, the bed situation happens mid-episode? You just go night-night and... You'll have to finish it. <laughs> okay. I'll read those notes like a pro. <laughs> but the strain... Uh, Triangle Royale, which is a mix of those two, is great for people with chronic pain, migraines, chronic fatigue, glaucoma, nausea, muscle spasms, and tremors. Oh. So. I mean, it sounds delightful. I say over here, acting as if I know anything you're discussing. I can only dream. I'm still learning what I'm discussing. All that matters is that you sound soups convincing. Hmm. So let me just dive right into this since we've been talking for too long. The topic for today is the Danvers Lunatic Asylum, which uh, is also known as Danvers State Hospital, uh, the State Lunatic Hospital, the Danvers State Insane Asylum. I think that's it. Those are all the names, but there's a lot of names. (laughs) That's many names. Many, many identifiers. Um, And it was a psychiatric hospital located in Danvers, Massachusetts. Here's the kicker. It was built in 1874 and opened in 1878. Oh, that's not the kicker. <laughs> <laughs> I moved the kicker later. I'll get back. I'll get to the kicker later. <laughs> there is a kicker. It's going to happen. Kicker. There's a kicker. I'll get to it later. Okay. It was built in 1874 and opened in 1878. So they like rushed construction. It was a big like gothic style building. I mean, they were clearly super ready to get the lunatics under control. It was a problem. Uh, And it was in rural Massachusetts. It was a multi-acre, self-contained psychiatric hospital, 21 miles north of Boston. Um, It was a plot of land in Danvers, Massachusetts, um, that they picked because it had plenty of space to create a self-contained facility, um, and the setting seemed peaceful. I mean, yeah, when you don't want your neighbors to hear that you're torturing lunatics for a living. I included a topographical like view of the grounds just for you to look at but it's basically huge (laughs) it's very large and it had like huge amounts of woods surrounding it like pretty rural it had to be self-sustaining basically because they didn't want to deal with the crazies i mean yeah so there's like a dense (laughs) amount of woods all the way around the entire perimeter yeah uh most of the perimeter they want to delete from aerial for those lucky few (laughs) So it was a -a one-of-a-kind compassionate care facility that viewed mental instability as a treatable disease. And Danvers was regarded as a humane and modern place for a short period of time. (laughs) (laughs) So the story goes. Um, Okay, here's the kicker. (laughs) (laughs) You sure? Yes. Hawthorne Hill, uh, which is in Danvers, Massachusetts, is like where this building is. It's like a beautiful gothic style red brick building. Um, But many people 
mainly me, don't realize that the Salem witch trials <laughs> largely took place in Salem Village, which is now modern day Danvers, Massachusetts. No! Why do we keep, why does everything stem I had the no Salem idea that they were related. And so the judge that presided over the Salem witch trials, John Hawthorne, lived on the property, like basically lived on that land before it became the Danvers Lunatic Asylum. What a little bitch he like, was. What is that? So people think it's haunted also because of witches. I mean, because if that episode proved nothing else, <laughs> witches are the reason for everything. Well, people died, so they're haunting someone. Mm-hmm. But they were haunting him. They probably killed him off. So it was, all right. It originally consisted of two main buildings for administration, like in the center with four like big radiating wings. Like this place is fucking big. And there was a rear building that did like laundry, kitchen, chapel, attendant dormitories, heating, ventilation, all that stuff. And the patient wings were on each side of the main building, um, stretching 800 feet each. I think that's a lot. I'm unclear. (laughs) We know math stuff. (laughs) It's a lot. The west side was for males, the east side for females, um, with the more extreme patients occupying the outermost wards, which like probably you would never want to go there at least it's not the basement like every fucking movie you've ever seen i mean outermost wards but at least it's not undermost wards (laughs) (laughs) i seen what's that show american horror story i've seen that shit true the grounds included acres of farmland for crops and livestock that could feed the patients because they had to be self-sustaining and at its peak the facility had like 40 buildings and maxed out at 450 patients um, or that was like what it was supposed to max out at. The goal of the facility was to completely cure patients of their ills, and it was a success at first. But nine, but by 1900, um, the hospital had employed over 125 people and had treated more than 9,500 patients since opening. I don't think. Oh yeah, okay. It swelled to more than 2,000 patients at a time, despite the official capacity of 450. So that was at its height. It had about 2,000 patients, and they saw 9,500 patients, like, over the history of the hospital. Just trying to understand where they put them all, but... So 125 people, staff, 2,000 mentally insane patients. I mean, most of these people just had depression. Oh, Like, they were just women. (laughs) Most of them, and they just... So they had... They were just women with anxiety and depression, which is, like, me. (laughs) But they were, you know thrown into an insane asylum and then their husbands married someone younger probably i mean that's that tracks yeah and took their fortune and they were like listen mabel they were like yeah i'm done with you you're insane you don't need to come out your kids have a new mother this got dark i'm sorry Uh, it's what it happened so yeah in the 1920s it began a school clinic to aid in determining mental deficiency in children wait so Which they, I'm not really sure. It sounds like they infiltrated like local schools with their program yes. to determine if children. Yes, but that was just like to seem like they were a good place. Like they're like, oh, we care about the children. I don't. But really, what was going on inside? Lobotomies, shock treatment, illegal drugs, straitjackets, ice baths. You came in hot with many lobotomy. other things. Those were like the top negatives <laughs> <Bad> <laughs> just one. a few things to frown upon um 
Like, basically, the administrators were begging the state for money to build more rooms and hire more staff, but they weren't getting any funding. And patients walked through the hallways naked. People lived in their own filth. There was a lack of basic hygiene. Obviously, no one was being cured. Not that they really had... (laughs) Yeah. In the first place, but I mean, it could have started off with good intentions, and then when you go so far over your capacity, like you don't have the resources, even if you wanted to do a good thing, you wouldn't even be capable. Even if there were good people there with the right intentions, what are they gonna do with eight thousand extra people walking around, fucking naked? Apparently, not good, not good. And I mean, no matter what you have going in. If you're going to get shock therapy and a lobotomy, you're not coming out hot, so hot on the other side. <laughs> no. So, yeah, shock therapy and straight jackets became the norm. Uh, the thinking was that jolts of electricity could either alter a patient's brain or make the patient afraid of shock therapy and scare them into submission. Oh, okay. So those were the two <laughs> options. School. I mean, it would scare me into submission. I don't want to get shocked to death. When they misbehaved, they were put into straitjackets and forgotten. Like, left in their rooms in straitjackets for hours. They were days. like, we have thousands of other people. We don't... We'll circle back eventually. And when shock therapy failed, the lobotomies started. Uh, so in 1939, the medical community was looking for a permanent fix to the crisis facing mental health facilities... The population of the hospital had swelled to 2,300 by this point. Um, A total of 278 people had died at the hospital that year, 1939. And apparently medical science saw lobotomies as a cure for anyone's insanity. Was a lobotomy, like, already a thing or is that something they created? So I'm pretty sure some of the first recorded cases are in Europe, just because historically... Um, so they've America been around was just longer, like, that sounds but, good. We'll have a little bit of that. But I'll get into it. Okay. Um, neurology experts often called Denver State Hospital the birthplace of the prefrontal lobotomy. Um, and it basically was refined at this hospital. Uh, the horrific therapeutic me- method involved using a mallet to drive an ice pick-like surgical instrument called an orbitoclast 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 that sounds official i mean if you're gonna <laughs> slam a nice in my brain i wanted to and sound the other scientific. the other option they give is literally not easier or leukotome leukotome through the eye so an instrument through the eye to the top of the eye socket and then through a thin layer of bone and into the brain where it would be swept side to side to sever all of the nerve fibers. Um. So basically a COVID test. <laughs> the COVID test was literally not even that bad. Everyone complaining. I mean, I didn't have to do the really bad one. It was just like a Q-tip in my nose. But Well, I had to do it to myself. And I think that, like, I just, she was like, further, further, further. Oh, and I was like, even, it was like, whatever. My second one wasn't as bad. So, yeah, basically just, like, sweeping side to side uh, in the brain. Um, just kind of just do whatever you want. Scrambled eggs, if you will. Yeah. Hor- that sounds super scientific. I just want to clarify, like, I'm super impressed with the I'm amount of I'm pretty sure research. this guy was just a fucking serial killer. I mean, he was a serial killer because he killed, like, a bunch 700 of people. I'm pretty sure. I might have just made that up. We'll confirm later. Okay. When I get to it. 
Sometimes you can just make stuff up. Opinions are valid. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The horrifying procedure often left patients in a vegetative state and is responsible for an estimated 490 deaths. I, uh, I clearly, I said 700, but it was 490. 500. Pretty close. If you're going to dream, you dream big or you don't dream at all. (laughs) So Walter Jackson Freeman II, an American physician, so self-taught, as we learned in the first episode. Gosh, they are just (laughs) rampant. Conducted numerous lobotomy procedures in the hospital, um, although a small number of patients saw minor benefits from the procedures, which is probably dumb luck. Well, no, I think the minor benefit was they didn't feel anything, so they weren't depressed anymore. Because they Yeah, had actually, no I'll get to it. They're just zombies. Okay, gotcha. Well, yeah. I mean, anyone who isn't complaining just can't. Yeah, but it's a, it's a benefit because you're not complaining anymore. Right. You're cured. You're better. Um, With the help of neurosurgeon James Watts, Freeman performed the first prefrontal lobotomy operation in the United States ever, so like in 1939, on a 63-year-old woman who was suffering from insomnia and agitated depression. So she was sleepy? So she needed a joint. (laughs) <laughs> is what I'm telling you. She needed this strain. She needed a joint, and what they gave her was a prefrontal lobotomy. <laughs> she had no. insomnia. She had insomnia, and they put her in a mental hospital. Can you imagine me back at that time with all of my problems? They would have been like, lobotomy, lobotomy. electric shock, jacket. Ice bath. <laughs> she needs it all simultaneously. <laughs> Shocker in the bathtub, in the straitjacket, while you perform the lobotomy. You need to do it. To get maximum reach. All at once. Okay. So, okay. Insomnia is a mental disorder. So, yeah. She had insomnia and depression like everyone else in the world. Um, And they basically uh, drilled six holes into the top of her skull. Um, And when it was finished, she emerged transformed and lived for another five years. (laughs) It's not funny. She was 63, to be clear. It's not funny. She lived five years. Uh, how much did it speak on how she I'm was I'm pretty sure the insomnia wouldn't have killed her in five years. Well, she was transformed in that she went to sleep and didn't wake up for five years until she died. So she wasn't suffering from insomnia any longer. She was probably vegetarian. But also, who admitted her for having insomnia? Her husband. Dude, probably her kids. I feel like kids are sketch as fuck, too. Like, they were like, you didn't get me what I wanted for Christmas. I'm going to have you admitted for insomnia. Yeah, maybe. I don't trust anyone. Um, But luckily, he soon developed a way more efficient way to perform the procedure without drilling into a person's head. And it involved rendering a patient unconscious uh, via electroshock. Before inserting a sharp ice pick-like instrument into their eyeball, as discussed earlier, the instrument would be hammered into the skull, wiggled back and forth, you know, to sever all those connections. Just get them all. Get all those connections. All the nerve endings. Just kill them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the prefrontal cortex, uh, you know, frontal lobes of the brain. So four hours later, it was a miracle. The patient awoke without any anxiety or apprehension at all. I don't think they understand how science works, or medicine, or humanity, (laughs) or the brain. 
So obviously in reality, the procedure resulted in leaving many patients in just a vegetative state or reduced them to childlike behavior because like, if I remember my neuroscience class correctly, which I definitely don't, I'm just probably going to stop there. But like the prefrontal cortex is very important for your personality. Well, yeah, that's how they got rid of their minor infractions was they just got rid of anything personal about them until they didn't know where they were or what they were doing and therefore were cured. Like, I'm sorry, but if you give me the choice between not getting to sleep on time, I shouldn't say that. I know insomnia is real and it's really terrible, but if I have the choice between insomnia or being a vegetable, like, because someone... Like, I'm going to choose insomnia. I know weed existed in 1939. I'm pretty sure doctors prescribed it. <laughs> I just have to say this because it's it's a direct parallel. I was watching a commercial a couple months ago for acne. For acne. I want to be very clear. You said acne at first. Oh, acne, acne. Like pimples. Pimples. And it was, you know how, like, at the end of the medicine commercials, they run off, like, a thousand symptoms? Mm-hmm. And it was, like... <laughs> That only exists in the United States, oh, by the way. Some Drug. rectal cancers, and it said severe enough to cause the need for rectal removal surgery. So you have to choose between having pimples or an asshole. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so sorry, what? but I'll just have in what world pimples? Is that the choice that I have to make? Like, but this was dead ass. Your serious. butthole might be removed, or but you won't have acne. But you'll be beautiful. And I feel like this is the same mentality that was used at the time. That's all I wanted to say. Fact. <laughs> um, so, despite its shortcomings, many hospitals adopted the procedure for no other apparent reason um, other than the fact that lobotomized patients were easier to handle than emotionally charged ones, as you presumed earlier. Yes. Um, And lucky for the rest of the world, Freeman began traveling across the country, visiting mental institutions and spreading the use of the lobotomy by training staff to perform the operation. For, I'm sure, a myriad of other very important diseases like, I don't know, fatigue. Yeah, despite much criticism toward the controversial procedure, it gained popularity through major publications across the country hailing the lobotomy as a miracle surgery. The fact that it even qualified as surgery. <laughs> like, you just hammered You're like, boo, boo, boo. into my brain. <laughs> There's no sur- I've There's seen Grey's no Anatomy. precision to it. I'm an expert. I know what real surgery looks like, and that ain't it. Yeah. And by 1949, 5,000 lobotomies were being performed annually. <laughs> Wait, by what year? 49. Okay, so this is like a full 10 years. Up from span. 150 annually in 45. Okay. To 5,000 annually. Mm-hmm. Um, Freeman himself would ultimately go on to lobotomize more than 2,900 patients, including 19 children um, under the age of 18. And he got super overzealous and was probably cracked up on something, and he would do like 20 lobotomies in a single day without the help of any surgeon well like you mentioned i mean he's clearly he's not a, a surgeon killer. he's a serial killer. he's a physician because even if you're not murdering someone to like physical death you're stripping away anything about them so yeah, you're murdering but he's also not a surgeon he's a physician so like if my gynecologist he shouldn't even be performing like, these. you know what i just want to fuck with your brain a little bit today and yeah. i was like you know what you've seen the inside of a vagina i feel like you're qualified you're fine yeah that's, okay so yes that's that just make sure i understand um, 
He liked to shock his audiences by inserting... Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. So he would, like, allow the media to come in and watch the little body me, and then he would um, shock his audiences by inserting two picks into each eye socket at the same time, like, making a, a game out of it. Um, and... <laughs> These people that he's, was it clear that when he's traveling around, these are all patients that are like, it's out of their control. It's not, I guess, did it make it clear if anybody actually signed up for that or chose that because it was a fad and they were like, I, I want to do it. I don't think anyone chooses to be admitted to a mental hospital. No, I didn't know if it was not just in mental hospitals. Like if people that were sick were like, I think that'll cure me. Like, you know what I mean? Sometimes people really don't get it and they're like, I feel sick. You know, I want to go seek out this experimental treatment. Like, do you think Maybe. there were people that were like... Because, you know, if it's getting that much media attention, and this is obviously before a time that people would think to question it, or else it would not be happening everywhere. Well, one time the media was watching him, and it ended in death as the sharp instrument slipped into the patient's brain. And he basically was, like, super indifferent and was like, on to the next one. <laughs> Roll this one out the door. <laughs> well, you win some, you lose some, folks. Um, so for the survivors, some were left with no noticeable differences, which is shocking, but others were crippled for life, um, or in a persistent vegetative state. I mean, considering that he doesn't actually know what he's doing, it probably just was like, he's probably using the same exact motion on every single person. And obviously Mm -hmm. there's like a little bit of subtle difference. He's not a surgeon. (laughs) So he just like missed a few nerves on one person. He's a serial killer. Yeah. He's a murderer. That was a doctor. And was famous for it. He was living the dream. Yeah. Uh, One of Freeman's most notable patients was John F. Kennedy's sister, who was born with a mild learning difficulty. She was given a lobotomy in 1941 with the consent of her father. Shocking. But it ended in failure. She was left incapacitated by the procedure and spent the rest of her life in, uh, in and out of various institutions. I mean... I... If you could just see my face. <laughs> so visitors to the hospital um, in the early 1940s reported lobotomy patients wandering aimlessly through the halls of the hospital. Um, at least the patients didn't complain because many of them just stared blankly at the walls. Yeah. Patients walked around in a drugged, hellish daze. No one would let them leave um, and basically held them against their will, but they barely fought back. So that's fun. And portions of Danvers State Hospital were shut down in 1969. Most of it closed in 1985 um, before a permanent shutdown in 92. Oh my gosh, that's how recently it was shut down. Yeah, maybe probably just admin buildings or like some shit yeah but even so like it's just crazy to, that's not that long ago and then it basically became a site for a popular site for thrill-seeking teenagers looking for a good scare I mean, it was basically a terrifying abandoned asylum me when i was 16 <laughs> thinking i was the shit i was like i ain't scared and basically the only remnants of the horrific practices that went on in the hospital today actually like the hospital is condos now i'm pretty sure Ew, yeah, I it is kind of. Um, but there is there are two nearby cemeteries that have seven hundred and seventy bodies. Some headstones only have numbers as opposed to names on them. What's so sad to me? It's like okay, I have equal part sadness for the people that undoubtedly had people admitted because they 
have their own personal agendas, whatever. Like, I don't want to take care of you. I don't know what to do with this. But then probably the people that actually had people admitted because they cared about them and really thought they were getting help. And can you imagine something like dementia when you clearly have, like, no science or understanding? Like, you know, my dad had early onset dementia. And watching that, like, if, if you don't know what that is, watching Shocking. that is terrifying. Shocking. Like, it, you would think, oh, he's insane. He's insane. Some of the things he would do. Oh, yeah. You know, so imagine the people that are just, like, really want to help that person or don't understand what's going on and how easy it is to prey on that situation. And it's just so sad. Because I'm sure not every single employee that worked there was, like, I'm sure there were people that were like, oh, I'm going to help people. I'm going to make a difference. And then this guy's just like, yeah, we'll make a difference. I'm just going to go axe pick everybody real quick. Ice pick everyone real quick. And I'll take care of them. And then America was just like, you know, shock and awe. People were like, that's cool. I've never seen that before. It's just so weird. I think it's weird in like movies when you see like gladiator rings and people fighting to the death and even like MMA and people just like fighting to the death essentially. And it's like. People like that shit, man. Wait, where did you get to that from? From From MMA fighting? (laughs) Well, just like as a culture, people enjoying watching people injure each other or Uh, one another for sport from like him being televised. Oh, right, right, right. Madeline. (laughs) I don't feel like you're qualified any longer (laughs) to tell me I totally forgot what you were talking (laughs) about. Okay, now we get to the hauntings, though. This is oh like, yes, this, that was just the history of the hospital. Oh, um, I mean, there's really not a lot. Honestly, I was a little disappointed with how little there was. So don't get too excited. <laughs> okay, I'll temper my excitement. Um, but ghost stories quickly became associated with the hospital. Um, anytime it was stormy, a ghost could be supposedly heard walking across the attic and there were claims of patient abuse as early as the 1890s, obviously. So basically anyone who died in this facility died probably in extreme anguish and like undeservingly. So they surely were haunting these grounds. Yeah, they're pissed. They're like, okay. I mean, they're like, what the fuckity fuck? Yeah. They see like some fucking bathwater get triggered and they're like, that's it, Brenda. Like... Uh, yeah <laughs> oh for sure like if you're dying in some excruciating way at the hand of some psycho just absolutely insane like he's just ice picking your eyeball and you're like i just had depression bro you get I just heaven had seasonal and you're depression. like i just needed i had some insomnia bro like i just needed a xanax <laughs> like why is this happening where was big me? pharma when this was going down popping out some xanax they used to prescribe cannabis cocaine heroin meth no not meth morphine in basic doctors all over the country, the war on drugs started is very minimal in the history of drug use in America and the world, but nevertheless. Instead of lobotomies. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> Instead of just some weed, here are our ice-pick lobotomies, and you're probably going to die. So were the hauntings, like, reported while it was open as people mm-hmm. were dying, or by the people that lived in the apartments, like, after everything was done with? So, unclear. Okay. That was a clip from an article. Again, I didn't find a lot. I was kind of disappointed, because everything was, like, most haunted asylums in the country, and then I was like, no stories. I'm like, where are the stories? Yeah. Where's the meat and bones? I need some information. I need information. exact scenarios, play by play. Yeah. Which ghost was where? In what room? Yeah, it's With always just like some vague, like, there was some walking sounds. Like, there was well, a ghost dog it? in the background. <laughs> woof, woof. Heard it. 
This fucking Felix meowing. Okay, so this one, this girl, Gerilyn Levasseur, that's probably not how you say it, but whatever, grew up on the grounds of Danvers State Hospital in a house lent to her father, who was a hospital administrator, Gerald Richards. <laughs> um, her family would hear footsteps in the second story hallways of their home when nobody was upstairs. Doors would open and close. Lights would flicker on and off. Okay, that was pretty specific. I forgot she said that. <laughs> but still. <laughs> You're doing great. Now, 52, uh, this is like an article where she's being interviewed. So now she clearly remembers a day in her youth when her sister and brother were playing upstairs in the attic and saw an apparition of an older woman angrily scowling at them. Ah, that's terrible. She's probably like my grandkids were the reason I had fucking insomnia and now I'm dead. <laughs> They were too scared to move until their mother ordered them to come down. Like, a mom's always going to scare you the fuck out of that. It's scarier. Your mom is scarier than a ghost. Accurate. Um, and they were too scared to move until their mother... Oh, I already read that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Guys, we're fine. It's a strong... It's a potent flower. It is. It's, you did say it was potent. And uh, different, at least they didn't asleep. lie. They didn't lie to me. <laughs> They didn't undersell it. Okay. Um, so apparently in high school, she claimed that her bed covers were pulled completely off her bed, um, but nobody was in the room. She was terrified, but she said she felt like no harm was going to come to her. So whatever that I don't know means. how as a child you deduce no harm is coming to you and your blankets get ripped off. I don't know. It's fine. And apparently, generally, she had a good experience there, but she said, obviously, unsavory practices took place on the grounds and yeah those like primitive electroshock therapy hydrotherapy lobotomies all basically torture basically it was just a torture house for years um and yeah she basically was like she believes it's the tortured spirits that knew danvers stay as their home and linger on the grounds even to this day and the decaying ba building was mostly torn down and turned into apartments in 2007. Um, but mysterious fires began to break out in the apartment complexes that had been where Danvers used to be. I think they took down part of the hospital but kept, like, the front of it, like, because it was super gothic. I don't know. When I look at the condos, it's this, the front is similar, but I think they tore down most of it. But the fire engulfed all the new, well, only new construction part of it, and some, like, thing. It's called a, a cupola. A, I had to oh, Google it. Oh, you know what that is? I watch a lot of HDTV. I'm so sorry. Oh, a cupola, of course. I'm also geriatric. <laughs> watch a lot of HDTV. I watch a lot of property. Okay, well, numbers. that's what caught on fire. Um because of the radiant heat and it destroyed four utility buildings like a parking area workers had to um oh because workers had yet to install the sprinkler systems because it was all new construction so all these buildings started catching fire and then it was basically like ripped through it all just whoo, boom mm. and um apparently flames were as high as the water tower says holly Jeez. weinstein oh who moved into the apartment less than one week ago. 
No. Can you imagine moving into an apartment that's already haunted? You already got this old bitch in the attic starting shit, and then a fucking fire on a cupola. I mean, this is 2007 now. Like, this is people that are living in the condos. But And displaced tenants took temporary refuge in the high school cafeteria and received help from the American Red Cross. It was unbelievable, said one resident, who was forced to flee her apartment in the middle of the night. It felt like a horror movie. I mean, yeah, if your house is burning down, it does feel like a horror movie. That's fucking terrifying. <laughs> this is the best one. Jackie sat wrapped in a sleeping bag holding her, her chihuahua peanut. She said her mother banged on her bedroom door and told her to get out of bed. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> fucking chihuahuas. I'm so sorry. The things they'll write in newspapers are just like, I love it. I'm... I want to apologize to anyone who owns a chihuahua because I'm just going to be honest with you because I I work at a vet. Um, They're assholes. They're little assholes. They will scream bloody murder when we restrain them, causing owners to believe that we're ripping out their teeth one by one when really we've simply picked Bella up because her name is Bella every fucking time. It's Bella, Peanut, or some fucking inappropriate iteration of Taco. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Paco, Taco... (laughs) Fucking Gordita. Oh, my God. Always. There's no in-between. The females Ugh. are Bella or Peanut, and yeah. the males are always fucking Paco. Taco. Cheesy rap. Some shit. Yum. <laughs> They're horrible. They're decrepit. They look like demons. And yeah. I, you know, I want to love them. You try to love them. <clears throat> They're monsters. That's all I wanted to say. That chihuahua probably burned that place down. Starting I mean, basically with basically done. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Are you I'll okay? edit out. I'll edit out that pause. We're gonna have to edit out <laughs> all of your fucking weed pauses. <laughs> Everything. Uh, so people are claiming that even today they see apparitions of former patients on the grounds of the old hospital, but it's probably just teenagers smoking joints and being like, "I see something <laughs> in my weed smoke." There's a premonition. Um, but apparently the building is just like the opposite of what it used to be. It's like some dingy little condos and it was basically like i still think it would be interesting to see i think when covid's never going to be behind us but when things are back to where you can travel a little bit safely and things like that it would be really cool to go around and like actually see some locations and film at some locations because there's a haunted prison in pennsylvania it'd be fun I think you can go through. I um, am not that I want to do that at all. Chicken shit, and <laughs> I don't um, like that at all. will in fact pump the brakes immediately and will not survive mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the night. I'll die um, of fright. But they do say that Danvers was the inspiration for uh, Arkham Sanatorium, Arkham Asylum. Oh, in Batman. Mm-hmm. That's a fun fact because of its gothic design. Um, and it was the setting for the 2001 horror film Session 9 before it was fixed up and turned into new apartments. I've seen Session 9. It's on Netflix right now. That's Danvers State Hospital. I feel like I'm going to go watch it right after this because I really like to terrify Apparently myself. Apparently it looks really scary. Yeah. In that movie? Have you seen it? No. It looks terrifying. You should put it on. I don't want to do that. Watch like five <laughs> minutes of it with me. Uh <laughs> no <laughs> actually it's funny because i think the next episode i want to do i want to talk about um like curses that follow movies Ooh. and like the unfortunate deaths that happen Ooh, like um 
Poltergeist. Yeah. Poltergeist is the main one. Yeah. Yeah. I find that really interesting. When we go to Salem next year, we should go. Where? Where? 20 miles north to Danvers. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) You need to go to bed. I was like, where are we going? I have, first of all, okay, let me just preface Mm -hmm. this with, you are an experienced um, partaker Mm -hmm. of the Maraganja. That was a small joint. And I've never seen it affect your personality in any way. Well, to be fair, I wasn't reading on the spot in front of you. (laughs) I feel as though you are affected. On camera, I mean on mic. (laughs) No, on camera. You're you're doing great. It's 29%. That's high. It definitely must be because you're just usually very, like, chill- Maybe have a snack attack or two. It's like making me talk fast, but also tired. Also, you're not talking fast at all. Oh, okay, cool. No. (laughs) (laughs) Glad we're on the same page. Okay. Okay. So, it was a house of torture. Yes. The birthplace of the, what's the type of lobotomy? The prefrontal. Prefrontal lobotomy. Mm Mm-hmm. Which then became a trend because that's mm. definitely an American thing. For so there was lots of murder involved. For there sure. was a serial killer. Um, poor innocent people who simply needed a good night's sleep were left yeah. roaming naked in the halls or dead. Just seasonal depression. And then it, they haunted everyone, rightfully so, because they were pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, if I'm not getting any sleep in the bottomized, no one's getting sleep. <laughs> there was a chihuahua. Chihuahuas are assholes. It's true. And well, yeah, that was later, but yeah. It's in, featured in the movie Session 9, available on Netflix. Yeah, you can see what it looks like. It's terrifying. Yeah, I definitely think any of those types of settings are really scary, just because... I'd rather die. Can you imagine, there. like, living there? It's dirty. It's oh, old. Yeah. It's decrepit. People it's died there. so clinical. Like, you know how now, like, they really try to make, like, medical offices and things just, like, more homey and stuff, like... That show was clinical and terrifying. Yes. And it's also really sad. Like, we try to bring some levity to the situation mm-hmm. because, you know, we knew it was nobody, not everybody loves talking about murder and things, but like, that shit's sad. Yeah. Like, just this poor grandma lobotomized. Because she has insomnia. She just had some insomnia. I have insomnia all the time. And so I used to have insomnia. I just watch <laughs> reruns of Julie and the Phantoms, which is a child show on my cell phone. <laughs> <sighs> well, that's all for this week. After I rambled on for seven hours last episode. And that's all. That's all, folks. That's all she wrote. <laughs> You're welcome. No meowing cats. Yeah. You wanted to do a, a I mean, it had to be a two-parter. Would have yeah. been a long one. I just really wanted to do that story in particular, which happened to be really long. Yeah. And then someone on my Facebook posted and commented, like I posted the episode, and they commented with the giant spoiler. And they were like, did you watch the documentary about wow. XYZ? And Way to ruin it for the rest of I, them. <laughs> I was like, no one has to listen to it now. <laughs> How could you ruin this for me? I was like, eh, no, I, I didn't see it. No, but I did see it and now I'm upset. (laughs) Delete. I was already self-conscious about that episode. I was already stressed out. It's fine. Okay. I think next week I'm going to need you to smoke something that makes you alert. 
alert. A focused. Okay. No, you were alert. You need to be focused next time. Okay. Mm, although I kind of liked this version. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll what see. What I buy at work next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the joys of having a dream job. Yes. Not working with little dogs named Bella and Paco. Just cannabis. <laughs> Getting bit by ungrateful little shits. I mean, yeah. Even though you just want to love them. That's sad. All it's right. always sad when you want to love them and they don't want you. That's the worst part is like chihuahuas are, you, they draw you in. Mm-hmm. You're like, you're little. What could you possibly They're do? They're cute. And then you're accosted mm-hmm. in your own workspace. What's wrong? Well, it's been real. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.